From the VIP lounge to the gridiron, it's everything you need to know from pop culture to free throws. This is Cleats and Cocktails with your hosts, Meg and Taniella. Welcome to Cleats and Cocktails. I'm Taniella. And I'm Meg. This week's episode of Cleats and Cocktails is brought to you by an Imperial Fizz. Uh, This cocktail consists of two ounces of whiskey, a half teaspoon of sugar, give or take, uh, and an ounce of lemon juice shaken with ice and then poured into any sort of cocktail glass that you would like, topped with about four ounces of soda water. So, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a brand new cocktail to me. I've never heard of it before. No, me either. There aren't a lot of cocktails that start with the letter I. Yeah, (laughs) this just in. Yeah, but it's not bad. I mean, we're busting out the uh, Drake-sponsored Virginia Black again. Yes, we are. Um, And yeah, it's not bad. It's a little bit not sweet enough for me, but Mm. that's because I like to have a slice of diabetes in everything I drink. Right, Um, naturally. But (laughs) it is good. Yeah. No, I mean, I think with the Virginia Black being like a bit of a better whiskey, it has like a... It's a, it's strong, but it's like a good good strong. It's a good strong. Yeah. If it was like a really crappy whiskey, then maybe it wouldn't be as good. But oh, just a casual Jack Daniels in there. Yeah, that wouldn't be very good. No. no. Um, okay, so up this week is going to be pick six as always. Um, as we are very quickly approaching NCAA March Madness for college basketball, we're going to do a what's the call NCAA edition because. Even though it is the exact same sport as NBA, it is somehow completely different. <laughs> so we tried to avoid turning this into a what's the call or um, 10 things I hate about sports for NCAA because I could totally go on about this. Right. And it might end up getting integrated in a future episode. But um, we're gonna it might you- even pull itself into this episode. To yeah, be I know. I'm already getting fired up. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to do a Top of the Pops reality TV edition because we realized that after doing a big Bachelor breakdown preview, we have not talked about Colton and his adventures. Correct. So we just finished Hometowns, I think, and then Fantasy Suites and... Fantasy Suites sort of halfway. Halfway. Yeah. So we'll get back into that briefly uh, to round out the week. Yes, exactly. But um, quick correction from last week. Um, I know we talked about um, Alexander Ovechkin, and I mentioned that him and Sidney Crosby were drafted in the same year, but they actually aren't. They were drafted a year apart from each other. The reason why I had it confused in my head is because... um, it was they actually played their rookie seasons at the same time due to an NHL lockout the year before. So that's why I figure I thought that they were drafted together, but they were a year apart. Um, Ovi was drafted first. No, the year after. Oh, for some reason he seems like such an old man to me. I know he totally does, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know why. I know Sidney Crosby has kind of a baby face. He does, yeah. That's so true. Um, very honest of you to mention that. However, I would probably bet that. Other ninety-five percent of our listeners had no idea. They just took it as fact and ran with it. So, but I'm always afraid that like if I don't correct it, someone will throw that into conversation right. and have like that moment where they're feeling brave enough to say that, and people will be like, "Oh my god, that's not correct at yeah, all." Yeah, so. that's true. Good point. Good point. We don't yeah. want people throwing out random incorrect knowledge. Absolutely. So. Um, okay, so jumping into International Women's Day for our first pick six news story of the week. And it's gonna be a pick six. Um, it was a. I feel like it was a very celebrated day this year. Yeah. Way more than last year. I feel like it was like a really like big movement. Yeah. I was into it. Yeah, I was too. It was, uh, Instagram was just 
full of on fire. Yeah, so many great posts. So. Yeah, and it was nice to like highlight. I mean, on our Instagram, if you follow us, we did highlight a bunch of um, super kick-ass female athletes, both of present and past. Yes. Um, but Obviously, there is a million more, but we could only choose a few. Like, we didn't want you guys swiping for days. And I think there's a max that you can put on those Instagram posts. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. but So I think we did about seven of them um, who all were had super awesome accolades behind them. And it was kind of fun also, like, reading the history of some of them, too. Mm-hmm. Because, like, these women, like, some of the ones we did from, like, older generations of sports, like, really paved the way for women this year. Yeah. Or, like, in the current era. Yeah. So... Um, it was, it was a really good day. I feel like Twitter and Instagram and social media were just on fire with celebrating women. It was a very like uplifting day. Mm-hmm. Also countered by the, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, you already know. I already know what you're going to say. Yeah. So basically it was, <laughs> how many times did I have to hear, when is it back to being international men's day? When do men get a day? I'm like, come on. Yeah. 364 days of the year. <laughs> but... This basically, I'm getting fired up already because um, there was a post basically in time for International Women's Day where the U.S. national soccer team, the women's national soccer team, is now suing for equal pay. Um, They basically are arguing that they deserve as much as the men and frankly, go girls. Yeah, seriously. I mean, to be honest, the women's team is astonishingly better than the U.S. men's team. The U.S. men's team didn't even make the most recent World Cup. Right. The women's team, however, has, like, what, five World Cups in the last, like, how many years? So they're crazy freaking good. Abby Wambach um, still leads an all-time goal scored internationally. Um, So, like, get it, girls. Women are consistently, especially, like, I mean, in all sports, women are consistently basically second-class citizens. But, like, for soccer, for example, the women play on turf. When guys get to play on grass, like why, why, why is there a surface difference? Right. Especially because turf is known for like being like you get injured on turf. I hated playing indoor soccer because it's where you get all your injuries. So women like end up playing on lesser quality fields. They get paid less. Their travel accommodations are shittier. It's like all of these things. And it happens not just in soccer, but um, WNBA and WNHL. Like these women are like on buses and the guys are flying private. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like go girls we stand behind you 100 percent. but like the thing that infuriated me and i posted it on our insta story if you saw it was like the comments were just vile yeah vile men everywhere suddenly taking offense to this yeah and the thing that i told nick was like i don't understand why you are so upset like no one's asking you to pay for the women's national soccer team right like, no one is. No. Why are you offended about this? Right. This doesn't affect you. At all. And for, like, the argument that I kept seeing from so many, like, male posters on Instagram and social media was like, well, they don't generate enough uh, income to deserve getting equal pay or, like, maybe fill a stadium and come talk to me. And it's like, but you refuse to go watch the women, so you're single-handedly contributing to the fact that they're not popular, and right. then you turn around and get angry right. about it when some when they want to do something about it. Right. And the media obviously doesn't help either because there's so much media coverage of all of the men's sports. Well, that's and none it. Of the women's sports. The opportunities are so limited, and then people get offended when they try to make themselves the opportunities. Like this to me is just baffling. Yeah. And so I mean, also the one comment that really got me was like something about tell them to go back to the kitchen. <gasps> I was like, <sighs> see, like I, I don't, I don't really consider myself like a feminist per se. Like obviously, I believe in like we should all have equal opportunity, equal pay. But that's equal what feminism rights. is. No, I know, you but know? I'm not the one who's gonna go out and like 
get in a big fight with somebody about right. that. Like, that's just not how I am. But, like, even just reading those comments just infuriated me. Like, yeah. normally I don't get, like, easily riled up about this kind of stuff. But just, yeah, for some reason, especially on that day, like, right? fucking keep to yourself. Like, shut you your mouth. You can't have one day. Like, literally. We can't have one fucking day. Seriously. And, like, the way I look at it, and Nick was the same, like, if you want women to succeed, you're a feminist, you know? Like, right. And that's, that's like, the true. biggest thing. It's just, I guess when I think, and when most people think of somebody totally. who, like, proclaims themselves to be a feminist. They're thinking, they're, like, the hardcore. Yes, they're, like, like yeah. preaching, preaching the good word at all times, like, in your face. Like, you know, it's, like, really extreme. Like, yeah. I envision, it's it, in my head even. Like, when I think of someone who says they're a feminist, it's, like, they're really extreme about it. The evolution of feminism to where it is today has very much become, like, there's a lot of divided opinions and whatnot and extreme opinions but like the basis of it all is that we just want women to have equal opportunities so like I don't see why women getting the paid the same as men to perform a sport especially in soccer where they're doing infinitely better than the men right why this is such a problem for people see on one hand I sort of get it for I don't okay I don't get it but for something like the NBA and the WNBA the NBA is obviously way bigger. The teams are bigger. You know the players. And that's obviously partially due to the media yeah. and due to people going to the games and whatnot. But to me, it makes sense that those players are going to make more money because their league has more money, right? So, of course, it's a whole shift that needs to be made. Systemically. For, totally. For people to now know more about WNBA, go to those games, whatever. But when we take it down to, like, the, um, like... Like a Team Canada, Team America, like Team US, whatever, in those sorts of like international mm-hmm. sports, to me that's so different because it's not the same. It's not like a league thing, right? Where your league has more money. It's like, this is the team playing for your country. Like, Literally. why? And they're doing infinitely better. Like, how can you I not? Know. The women's team is the same though. Our women's team is like in fucking credible. And our men's team is ranked like 121st in the world. You mean like Canadian soccer yeah, teams? Yeah, okay. the Canadian soccer teams, the men's versus the women's. The men's team is garbage. They haven't made the World Cup since like the 80s or the 90s. Like they're awful. So it's really frustrating to see that people are actively like upset at the idea of women trying for more. Yeah. And like Adidas came out actually on International Women's Day and declared that whichever team won the Women's World Cup coming up in June um, would be paid out equal bonuses to their male counterparts, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. And the comments on that post uh, were vile. I think this is why you don't read comments. I know. The comment yeah. section is always the worst. I didn't look at those comments You know all. that someone actually commented that they're going to be boycotting Adidas products? Because they are too political in making this statement. I was like, I mean, like my head wanted to explode. Like oh I was gosh. just like, I need to, I need to exit this. I need to watch a video about puppies. Yeah. And I need to calm myself <laughs> down because I'm just so infuriated. True. Yeah. So Ugh. tons of annoying things, but I think the overall overarching thing about um, International Women's Day was that there really was a huge celebration of women doing awesome things. The couple of things we wanted to mention, we talked about like just now the women's soccer team. Um, on that same subject, Christine Sinclair is the, I think she's still our current captain of the Canadian women's soccer team. Um, she is now with the Algarve Cup wrapping up. I think it wrapped up last week or two weeks ago. Uh, last week. Um, she is now five international goals away from tying Abby Wambach for most goals of any player, any, any woman player in history. So it's a real big deal. Yeah. Abby Wambach is retired. Christine Sinclair is not. She is still kicking ass. She's still leading the team. Um, so I'm hoping I'm like with all fingers and toes crossed that this women's world cup will be the one where she finally passes her. Right. And it'll be just the biggest deal to have a Canadian woman be the all time 
biggest like goal scorer. Right. I actually think the Canadian women's soccer team won bronze. Yes, they did. Yeah. At the Algarve Cup. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're amazing. Like their team is consistently good because they foster a really strong grassroots program. Like they are. Their women are constantly coming up through the system. They're strong. They're really cohesive. And they're just kick-ass women. Like, I don't know. I absolutely love our Canadian women's soccer team. Um, hopefully you guys could show them some love. There will probably be exhibition games coming up before the World Cup. So, um, In Toronto, do you think? I don't know. It would be worth schedule or like looking at their schedule. Because sometimes they do play like friendlies in the spring just to mm. like preview it. Right. So, cool. yeah. Um, And then I think the last one I wanted to mention as part of our International Women's Day, she didn't get a feature on our Instagram post, but I'm always trying to squeeze wrestling into this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's a big deal because um, WWE women's superstar Becky Lynch is now the second most searched female athlete next to Serena Williams. Wow. I've never last year. I've never heard of her. <laughs> okay, so she's awesome. Um, she's got bright red hair, so obviously I love uh, her. Obviously. Um, and she's from Ireland, and basically she has become the most the single most popular WWE superstar right now, which is huge considering she's a woman and considering that WWE, if you remember do you ever did you ever watch it in the nineties? No. Okay. So like back in the nineties it was this like depraved thing that your parents wouldn't let you watch because it was like just it was violent and sexual and there was a lot happening. But, like, women used to basically be reduced to, like, lingerie matches. Mm-hmm. And, like, now we have this whole generation of, like, diverse women who are really good wrestlers. And Becky Lynch is one of them. And she slowly worked her way up to becoming the single most popular wrestler, man or woman. Wow. So it is insane. She's set to main event WrestleMania for the first time ever, um, which is also the first time women will ever main event WrestleMania. And I'm trying to go, so... <laughs> I'm two-thirds of the way there. Flights and hotels are booked. We'll see what happens. I'm, like, literally praying to the gods. <laughs> but are there no tickets available? There are, but they're very expensive. Um, yeah. So, you know, at this point, don't know how much I care anymore. Like, right. I well, can eat ramen. If you, if you booked your flights in your hotel, like, you're going. I so might like, just hang out outside else, the stadium and what, watch the fireworks. What else are you going to New Jersey for? Yeah, if no. not. <laughs> I think that's the worst part. Like, of all of the places that this could be hosted, the first time I go to WrestleMania, like, it's in New Jersey. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. It was in New Orleans. Uh, last year. <laughs> like, yeah. But anyways, I thought that was worth a mention because it's a really big deal that a female WWE superstar is the second most searched female athlete. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And that concludes International Women's Day story. Yeah. That's <laughs> small uh, Yeah. That one took a took a bit of time, but we were V passionate, so you know. V passionate. <laughs> Go ladies. Um okay, so Flipping over to NFL, because, you know, it comes into our podcast every week. Um, I, th- I think we've talked about the drama with Antonio Brown before. Antonio Brown's a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, or was, I should say. Um, and at the end of the season, he was having some drama with his team, mostly with his quarterback. He didn't play. They said he was injured. He probably wasn't really injured, but he just, like, sat out because there was drama and whatever. The whole team, the whole Pittsburgh team is so dramatic. They're a hot mess. Yeah, they are. They're just, like, a bunch of, like, bitchy teenagers. Yeah. Like, I just feel like... So many divas ended up on one team. So many! I don't know But I also feel like their system fosters that, though. Like, you clamp down on that if you don't want drama on your team. Either, A, don't draft a bunch of people who are fucking drama queens. Right. And, B, clamp down on it. Ben Roethlisberger's a drama queen. So, like, if your quarterback, who's supposed to be leading the team, is... Right. How are we surprised? Yeah. Totally. So, anyways, basically what happened is um, there was some talk about him potentially getting traded to Buffalo... 
Um, <laughs> but I guess he just basically said hard no to that. I know. I don't know, like, the, the ins and outs of it. Like, if there was just, like, casual talk or if there was an actual possible deal on the table. And once he got wind of it, he just said, like, no, I refuse. I won't go there. I don't know what it was. It's the most Buffalo thing to ever happen. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, but either way that didn't happen. And then we found out on, I think it was Saturday night that he actually got traded to Oakland. So he got traded for, I believe like a third and a fifth round pick. Is that right? Yeah. So Pittsburgh has to, no, they have to give Pittsburgh a third and a fifth round pick in the upcoming draft. And in turn they get him. So I think they won the deal. Pittsburgh? No, Oakland. Oh, yeah. I okay. agree. Yeah. I mean, it'll depend. If Antonio Brown has a down year, then they're going to look like uh, geniuses getting rid of him. But I don't know. Antonio Brown's such a like egotistical maniac. Right. The guy who like, says he has no ego. Yeah, yeah. that was cute. Um, <laughs> but I feel like he's just so actively on his, like, I don't want to play for Pittsburgh tear that he's going to do everything he can to have another superstar year. Oh, definitely is. And I mean, I, at the end of the day, though, I don't think Pittsburgh cares because they just wanted no. him off their roster. Like, he wasn't going to do anything for them. He, it, it was not going to go well. Well, I'm curious to see what this means for Le'Veon Bell, because Le'Veon Bell is another player for Pittsburgh who is very good and sat out all of last season. Right. Um, I think we may have mentioned it right at the start of our pod. We but messed like, up. I feel like we messed up. Because yeah. it was right around that time that he had the date where he either had to play yes. or he wasn't going to play at all. So, so, I mean, he's still, there's nothing happening there. Right. And I'm sure he's hoping for something, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm pretty interested to see what happens. I mean, Oakland is not a team I ever watch, um, <laughs> just out of principle. I don't know. I have no nobody on that team that I really care about. But now yeah. I feel like I might just to see how Antonio Brown does there. I'm sure they're going to get a lot more media coverage. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Also, aren't they moving? Aren't they yeah, they're to moving Vegas? to Vegas. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's probably not going to be very good for Antonio Brown. I like know. living in Vegas. Yikes. I know. <laughs> that just seems dicey to me. <laughs> Seems like a bad mix. Um, But yeah, that's basically it uh, on the NFL front in terms of anything important that's happened. One thing that I will also mention, which I don't, he's certainly not the only person to do this, but apparently Antonio Brown has been selling videos of him um, saying anything you want him to say. So you can like pay him $500 and he will say, congratulations on your wedding day on video just in his regular life like he won't he won't put you give you a pretty background he won't do anything no, he's nice just hanging for out you. In his pool. he's just hanging out <laughs> doing whatever he's doing someone videotapes him hey congrats on your marriage and they're paying him 500 dollars. like what the hell he makes like fucking what 11 million 12 million a oh year? yeah and oakland upped his yeah. salary too yeah like they're paying him more money so yeah anyways this is just him not having an ego Nope. You know. So modest. <laughs> yeah, so humble. Super modest. Um, okay, so now that we've covered NFL for the week, mm-hmm. officially, mm-hmm. we're not going back to them at any point. It's crossed off. Safely say. Yep. Um, jumping into soccer, because we had another Champions League week this past week. Um, we talked about Real Madrid and the fact that they are just on the Hot Mess Express, that for being such a big team, um, they are currently not doing so well. Last week, I actually said that I was pretty sure they still had games to play against Barca or Barcelona that would have like still opportunities for the two of them to face each other. I actually had it wrong. I didn't realize how late in the season we were. They actually have played um, against each other pretty much in like the last two weeks. They've done a bunch of matches. Real Madrid is basically been on the worst tear. So they lost in Champions League this past week 4-1 to Ajax, 
which is the team I said I saw when I went to Barcelona. Oh, okay. Um, so Real Madrid coming out of their first leg against Ajax was actually up on aggregate. And all they had to do was basically not let Ajax score three goals. And then they did. They lost 4-1, which means they lost on aggregate. And so now they're out of Champions League. Hmm. I think this is like, which is a huge deal for Ajax. I don't think they've ever like gotten all that far, like past this round. Right. So good for them. Um, and they're from, they're a Dutch team? Yes. Okay. They're pretty much like the best Dutch team. Okay. Um, and so they lost on aggregate, so they're out of Champions League. Um, they also lost the Copa del Rey to Barcelona, which I talked about there being an opportunity for that. Yeah, they lost it like two weeks ago. Um, so that's gone. And that's like a tournament? A Spanish tournament Yeah, it's basically like if there's a big trophy. Okay. It's a whole thing. Right, okay. Um, and so they lost Copa del Rey. They lost, they're now they're out of Champions League. They lost the El Clasico. So, you know, things aren't going great. Right. Um, and then literally, as of this afternoon, they have officially announced that they are firing their manager. Um, and they are replacing him with French legend Zinedine Zidane, who has actually was their manager a couple years ago, I think. The last time Real won Champions League, I think they were the manager. Um, and Or he was the manager. And then they won, and he was basically like, okay, cool, won you guys a championship. I'm out, gonna go enjoy <laughs> retirement. And left, and just has been doing not much since. So they've clearly enticed him back, probably with a lot of money and <laughs> prayers. Um, and so he's back, and it's gonna be interesting to see. Like, this is really like for Zidane, who is a legendary French player. It's really a reputational thing because he walked into Real the first time and won them a championship. So it'll be really intense to see how he does with this team because now Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't play for them anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, that's Real Madrid. They've been yeah. fanatic. So last week, obviously, I mentioned that I'm going to game in Barcelona, mm -hmm. but we were debating whether to go to Barcelona or Madrid. So now I'm feeling really good on our decision to go to Barcelona. It seems a bit like they're a hot mess express. So. Yeah. And like, honestly, the way I look at it, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi are the two best players in the entire world. It would be a much tougher decision for me if Ronaldo was still at Real, but now he's in Italy playing. So for me, it's like a no question. You got to go see him, Messi play in Barcelona. Yeah, and like I don't know anybody, so that would never have crossed my mind. There's a Croatian player on their team. Oh, who? Rakitic. Oh. <laughs> you can look out for him. Cool. I went to go buy his jersey, and it was not there. Oh. <laughs> I had to make it custom made because it's not a lot of Croatian fans. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I was like their one purchase for the year, buying that Croatian jersey. Um, but yeah, that's our soccer update for the week. And also we were going to mention about the Man U PSG game. Oh yes, actually that's a good point. Okay, so the other V-dramatic thing that happened in Champions League this week was that um, Manchester United played uh, Paris Saint-Germain, and Paris Saint-Germain basically being the best team in the French League. So they are the team, if you follow soccer even casually, Neymar plays for them. Um, and Italian superstar goalie with the great beard, uh, Gigi Buffon, also plays for them. No. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I know. I tried. I know. Um, but basically what happened was PSG was going into this match up on aggregate. So right away at the start of the game, Manu scored, putting them up one nothing. but they were still behind on aggregate. PSG responded... Manchester United then scored again. So going into the second half, it was 2-1 Man United. Basically stayed like that all the way until like the 91st minute when a very controversial handball was called against Paris Saint-Germain in the box. So in soccer, what happens is obviously it's a sport with your feet. So you're not allowed to use your hands unless you're the goalie or doing a throw-in, which is when you throw the ball in from the sidelines. 
So if you are caught using your hands in on the field at any point, and you're not the goalie, it's um, a free kick for the opposing team, which means that they get to set the ball down and they get to shoot the ball wherever they want. So it's like a dead play, I guess you could say, like a stopped play. So if it happens in the box though, which is like, if you look at the soccer net and there's like a big painted box around it, if it happens inside the box, it's an automatic penalty shot, which means that um, much like hockey's penalty shots, it's an uncontested free shot at the net with just you and the goalie. Okay, wait, let me think about this for a second. So if I'm in the box of the, <laughs> this sounds sexual, but <laughs> 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 the box of the other team's net, Yes, if you if you're if we're playing each other and you're in my box, <laughs> yep, you're, and then and the ball hits my hand and I get called for a handball. No, it would be me. I'm defending at that point because it's my team that's like my goalie is the one that you're trying to score on. Yes. So if I'm defending and I hit the ball hits my hand and I intentionally hit it with my hand, it's a penalty shot. Oh, for you. okay, okay, okay. I see. Yep. Yeah. All right, I'm on board. So outside the box, it's a free kick. Inside the box, it's a penalty shot. Okay. So it happened in the 91st minute, and in soccer, there's 90 minutes of play plus injury time, which means that they add up, because there's no stoppages in soccer, so they add up all of the amount of time extra with people getting injured and whining and complaining, and they add it all at the end to kind of make up so that there's 90 full minutes of play. Um, so they went to video review, which is brand new, and they actually, they didn't make the call initially. They went to video review and then actually did make the call that it was a penalty shot. And it's a very controversial call in that it was probably 50-50 at best. And being so late in the game, it's a really difficult call to make. Like giving somebody, penalty shots in soccer are pretty close to free goals. Mm. Like you have to fuck it up pretty bad to not score. What's it called where like the people line up and then you kick? A free kick. Oh, okay. I saw yeah. someone score that the other day. Yeah, those are watching, sweet. I was watching a Free game. kick goals are always really fun because they're like super trick shots. You got to get over a wall of people, pass the goalie, like right. it's a whole thing. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but the penalty shot went off without a hitch. Manchester United scored and that's what ended up winning them on aggregate. They ended up winning. PSG was eliminated. It's wow. really sad. It's actually really sad because um, the Italian goalie Gigi Buffon, who plays for PSG, has never won Champions League. Um, and he's been in the league for like, I don't even know, two decades at this point. Like, he's so old. Um, and he's trying so hard. And he left. He's been with Juventus, which is an Italian team. He's played for them forever. Last year, he left, went to France as his one last, like, hurrah to get the Champions League title. And now they're gone. Um, it was real bad. Fans were up in arms. Mm. Where was this game played? Uh, it would have been away goals that they won on. So it was oh, in right. France. Oh, right. It switches back and forth. I yeah. It just and that was the thing is like with Manchester United scoring, it tied them 3-3 on aggregate. But because Man U scored on away goals, like they both scored three goals, but Man U's goals all came away. Right. So they won. Okay. I get it. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Dramatic soccer week. Yeah. Very. Um, okay, well, I will give everyone a little bit of a curling update. Last night was the finals of the Briar. Um, Kevin Cooey, which is Team Alberta, was playing against Brendan Botcher, who was Team Wildcard, but also from Alberta. So What's Team Wildcard? So, basically, every so like the winner of each provincial championship is who goes. Yeah. But then they choose, there's two teams who, based on the, like, total rankings of, like, Canadian teams... If there's two teams who don't make, like, didn't win their provincial championship, mm. but they're in, like, the top whatever ranking of, like, all of Canada, then they get in to, like, have a playoff to get in as a wildcard oh. team. So this guy, um, 
Brendan Botcher won the wild card game to get in, and he actually also was the wild card team last year oh. and played in the final last year and Whoa. lost. But last year lost to Gushu from Gushu. Is that his Gushu. name? Gushu. Gushu. Yeah, from um, Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Yeah, Newfoundland. Um, anyways, so that game was last night. So they, so it was an Alberta versus Alberta game. I was cheering for the wildcard team, I think. because I was kind of on the fence. But I was cheering for them, I think, because they've never won. Kevin Cooey's won before. He's, he's like, a ton. won a bunch of stuff. So I was like, this guy's young. He's, like, new. Whatever. So I wanted him to win. But he didn't. Um, but it was a pretty, like, interesting game. There were five ends that were blanked, which means that there was no score. So basically, it was 2 nothing for Alberta, for like Kevin Cooey's team. And uh, the wildcard team kept having the hammer, but basically they didn't want to score points unless they could get two points. Mm-hmm. And so they kept being in a position where all they could get is one. So what they would do is just, there would be like one yellow rock in the rings, which was Kevin Cooey's team, and he would basically just knock that rock out on his last shot. So and knock himself out Exactly. Too. So there's no rocks left, so it's just a zero, which means he keeps the hammer. So he kept doing it. So five times in a row. So I watched this whole game. Boring. Five ends in a row. There was no score. And then finally he was able to score two points. And so they tied it up. And um, it went back to... The hammer went back to Cooey for... I think we were in the ninth end now. They got one, I believe. Oh, no. I feel like I'm mixing it up. Either way, basically... Um, Kui ended up winning. Okay. So, yeah, they he made like a pretty epic shot at the end. He needed to get. Oh no, I'm right. They yeah. So they they wild card was one point ahead, and so Kui needed to either get one to win or one to tie or two to win, and he got his oh. two and he won. And he made like he went for like a pretty impressive shot. Like he could have done an easier shot to get his one, and it would have went to an eleventh end. But instead, he took the harder shot to get himself two points to just win the game. We totally watched this. Because I said to Nick as this was happening, I was, I was getting confused as to whether we watched this, but I, as that shot happened, I was like, holy shit, that was a good shot. Or oh, like, was this just on our Instagram story where I posted it? No, no, oh, it was you live. It in real life. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It like <laughs> snuck in, right? Like he got it around a bunch of stuff. Uh, he, he like knocked one. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Anyways, it was also on, it's probably still on our Instagram. It's definitely still on our Instagram story. So if anyone wants to see it, they can go look at it. You can do that right now Um, because you're listening on an app. You can open up Insta. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so anyways, that basically wraps up curling for the year, really, because those are the two main curling. Very short season. Curling championships. So basically that's it. Um... Um, See you next year. Yeah, I don't really think there's anything else to mention about that. Yeah, I don't think there's any more major tournaments, and there's no Olympics this year, so Mm -hmm. we won't be talking about curling until winter next year. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Hi-bye. It was a good season, curling. Yep. (laughs) Did you just cheers yourself? I did. Um, okay, so jumping into NBA, I think the the biggest story, at least for us, it's not the biggest story of the league this week, but um, the Raps have Raptors have clinched a playoff spot. Um, we're officially into the last well, like four weeks of the season, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. I can't believe we're like playoffs are literally staring us in the face. Yeah. So super exciting. The Raptors Raptors have clinched a playoff spot, which basically means that even if they lost every single game from now until the end of the season, they would still make the playoffs. Their position isn't guaranteed, but we're going to make the playoffs for sure. Um, We are also... 
It's really sad because, like, Nick was talking about it last night, that we were really hoping the Raps would win 60 games this year. Because mm. that's, like, a really big milestone for a team. We've come close, but we've never actually gotten 60 games. But it looks like the Raps have to go, like, 13-3 and three or something in order mm. to do it. It's not impossible, especially because um, our strength of schedule, meaning the teams that we have left to play, aren't as tough as previous. Um, which is actually a good thing for us because the Raps have had a pretty tough schedule and we've had one of the hardest strength of schedules leading up to this point. And now it's sort of switching the wraps to have not too bad of a road towards the playoffs, which is great for load management, like getting, making sure Kawhi's resting, making sure like other players are getting their minutes. Um, and it's good because other teams like the Bucks have a much tougher schedule to end the season. Thank you very much. Hopefully they lose a few games. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Bucks, they are now the first team to 50 wins this season. Hmm. Good for them. I hate the fact that they're only getting better. I keep hoping that they're going to have their downturn. It's not happening. They scare the shit out of me for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to be absolutely beyond devastated if the Raps lose to the Bucks. Yeah. It's going to suck. Yep. But we'll, we'll tackle that when it's playoff season. Yes. I can't get ahead of myself no, yet. definitely not. Um, and then quickly, the, the last thing to end our NBA segment of this week is that um, there was a video or yeah, a video of James Dolan, who is the owner of the New York Knicks. Um, we've talked about him before because he's terrible. Um, he's like, he hates the Raptors, first of all. He has basically banned all trading with the Raptors. He's a terrible owner. His team has sucked for a decade. Everyone is mad at him. Everyone hates him. Um, and he actually kicked a fan out of the game that they were playing on the weekend because the fan saw him walk by and yelled for him to sell the team. <laughs> so I'm like, just sell the team. And James Dolan legit got him kicked out and basically said, like, enjoy the game from home from now on because, like, he's banned him from ever coming back. As he's walking along with his, like, paid entourage of Instagram models... Like, just the most insecure billionaire. So dramatic. Can you imagine having that much money and being that butthurt by people, random fans who make, like, one one hundredth of your income yelling at you? Like, get over it, dude. Like, Yeah, that's pretty lame. So lame. Very lame. So New York Knicks. (laughs) Like, they're so bad. And, like, we've talked about them being bad before. I'm unsurprised James Stolen continues to suck. So... (laughs) That's all the mention that they're getting this week, and hopefully for a long time. Hopefully. Okay, so our last story of the week is just a little bit uh, of an update on what's going on with the MLB preseason games. Um, So we've mentioned before that, well, I guess now it's really three weeks away until the start of the MLB season, and then they're going to be taking up a good chunk of time on this podcast, I think. So uh, We keep talking about it as though it's, like, never going to get here, and, like, no, it's here. It's it's coming. Yeah. (laughs) Coming quickly. Um, but basically, we've talked before about a uh, player for the Jays, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who currently plays in the minor league, or was playing in the minor league, but this year it's expected that he'll actually play for the Jays. Um, so he actually ended up getting injured during one of their preseason games. He's got an oblique strain, and he's going to be out for at least three weeks. So what this means is that he won't start when they have their opening weekend, which is the last weekend in March, um, which is not a surprise. Nobody thought they were going to start him anyways, but the reason they weren't going to start him is because basically what happens is 
if a team has somebody who's going to be playing their first year in the majors, um, if they choose to not start them right away, but wait, I don't even know the period of time, a month, a couple months, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Basically, it doesn't count as an entire season played. Therefore, they have a whole extra year to tack on to the end of their six-year sort of rookie rookie contract. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically what it means is that if they don't start him – now they have a good reason not to because he's injured, mm-hmm. so they'll give him time to recover, whatever. So then let's say they start him in May of this year. He plays the rest of the season. This year won't count as a as an entire season played. So he'll have six more full years where he'll be getting paid his less than desirable rookie pay rather than getting the... The big money. The, yeah, the big money. So it'll be just delaying a year of the Jays having to pay him more money, basically. I think the reason why I take issue with this, not the Vlad Guerrero Jr. In injury itself, but the fact that the Jays were pretty transparent and that they didn't plan to bring him up right away, is that, like, my issue with Jays management in the last few years is that they're cheap. Like, they have done a lot to try and lowball players that we want to keep. Like, I think Aaron Sanchez, I don't even know if Mark Stroman, but he might have gone to arbitration to like the fact that you can't just pay your players, the fact that like you lowball them and lowball them and lowball them and then send them to arbitration and go with whatever happens there. And arbitration is what? It's like when you sit down with a, essentially a mediator, you both present your cases and they make a decision and their decision is final. So like the Jays will be like, we think he deserves 2 million a year and Aaron Sanchez will be like, fuck y'all. I think I deserve 10. And the arbitrator will sit there and take both sides and then basically be like, okay, you're going to take six. And so the Jays usually end up not getting, like, they get to pay them a little less than what the player's asking. Mm. So, like, that's fine if you want to be a bargain hunter in a professional sports league, I guess. But it just leaves a really bad taste in everyone's mouths because, like, why as a free agent would you want to come here knowing that you're going to get continuously lowballed when you have teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox who will literally open their purse strings, like, no problem. Right. Oh, you want 20 million? Cool. No problem. Not bad. They just hand out money like candy. So that's the thing that I take issue with is that, in my opinion, I definitely think that they're who they draft and who, like, they're, I think it's Ross Atkins. Like, the teams that they build, like, they were Cleveland's managers for a while. Like, he was Cleveland's manager. And Cleveland ended up being very good and had a really deep playoff run and everything um, once he left. But I just feel like it's such a difficult way to get to that end point. I just, I don't know. I I disagree with it. And the fact that, like, you're doing this to Vlad Guerrero, who is going to be the future of this team, like, just fucking bring him up. Like, he's itching for it. The fans are dying for it. You've liquidated the rest of the team. Donaldson's gone. Tulo's gone. Anyone who would have played his position is gone. Like, just put him up here. Yeah. So the fact that he got injured, you know that they're rejoicing. And it's like, for me, I, I disagree with it. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Um, and then the, the only other thing I wanted to mention about this is that Bryce Harper, who we talked about last year, or last year, last week, um, signed uh, his contract with the Phillies. And so he played his first game with them last week. And his walk-up song was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. Like, which, what a great choice. What an exceptional choice. <laughs> I am so pumped by this. I love hearing what players' walk-up songs Oh, my God, That's, like, my too. favorite part about going to a Jays game. Totally. I so, wish they would release, like, Spotify playlists for them. Yeah, that would because be Because the variance is wild. It really is. You have those, like, like heavy country songs yes. coupled with, like, some reggaeton. And, and so like, much Spanish music. So Because much. so many of them are from Dominican. It's amazing. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. 
So I feel like we can kind of wrap it up there yep. with our pick six. I think so. And uh, move it right along into our What's the Call NCAA edition. So oh, NCAA basketball, I guess. Yes, basketball. So we're bringing this up mostly because um, March Madness is coming up. And when you watch it, the concept is still the same. You're still playing basketball, still familiar enough. But there are some very significant changes between basketball in college and basketball in the NBA. And like as an overarching theme, I find it super fucking ridiculous that there is this many differences. Right. Because this is supposed to be, we talked about the one and done rule. This is supposed to be like, oh, you're going to college, you're playing for a year, you're prepping for the NBA. And then you show up to the NBA and all the rules are different. Right. So like, how are you prepared for this? Right. And I mean, I was saying to Taniela before we started recording too, that I feel like if there were like a couple things different, like... I'll give examples as I'm going through of what all the differences are and like I'll point out areas where I'm where I think it kind of makes sense but then like you just shouldn't have this many differences no especially because like these kids play a year in college they get used to the system and then they show up to the NBA and they get murdered and I'm pretty sure these rules are the rules they play in high school Okay. Basketball. So then this is just like a continuation of what they're used to in high school basketball. But you'd think that after high school, you would switch to them to college to like NBA rules as like a prep year. Yeah. Right? Like prep you on these rules that you're then going to go and play. Totally. I don't know. Anyways. Anyways. So some of the main differences, um, I'm hoping to not get into too much detail because I just don't think it's necessary. But so I think everyone probably knows NBA basketball has four quarters, 12 minutes long. Um, NCAA basketball has two 20 minute halves. I why? don't, I don't, that I don't understand at all. Like why? why does this make any sense? Why do you have, I have no idea. I don't have a good answer. Yeah. Zero. So that just Next. is what it is. <laughs> um, the shot clock in the NBA is 24 seconds. So that means when you're on offense, once you start like dribbling the ball or doing anything with mm-hmm. the ball, the clock starts, you've got 24 seconds to then take a shot. And if you don't, then it's a shot clock violation. The other team gets the ball. Yeah. Whereas in the NCAA, they have 35 seconds. So this is one area where I like sort of get it to a degree, but like I actually 11, hate this one probably the most. An eleven second difference is massive. massive. Like I get maybe like a little bit longer because you're still figuring shit out. You're not in the pros yet. You need a little more time to get your shit together. I don't know, but eleven seconds like that's just prepping you to feel like you have so much time. Yeah. And then when you go to the NBA, you're like, oh shit, I have no time. The worst part is that like they have thirty five seconds and they still don't make a play. Like, they still have shot clock violations at 35 seconds. Like, what the hell have you been doing? I went and, like, took a nap and came back, and you still had time on the clock. Yeah. Um, This one, yeah, this one really grinds my gears because, whatever, 40 minutes versus, like, 48 minutes, NBA versus NCAA, whatever, fine. It's divided differently, whatever. But, like, the shot clock is, like, this is every single play of the game that you need to adjust to. You need to shave 11 seconds off. That's faster ball movement. That's faster, like, screens you need to set up. Like, there's there's so many implications to having that much more time. Uh, Like, the NBA switched the rule that if you get an offensive rebound, meaning that if you shoot the ball, it misses, and then your team picks up the ball, like, the rebound... Um, you only have 14 seconds to make another play. The shot clock doesn't reset to 24 seconds anymore. I didn't know that. So this just, for me, sets them up for failure because you have 35 seconds on the clock. You shoot, you miss, you get an offensive rebound, and then it's another 35 seconds. It's like 70 seconds of you having the ball versus, like, what, 38 seconds now? Wow, good quick math. Oh, God, that hurt. (laughs) I literally was, like, doing it in my head, like, picturing it. Um, but like that's a huge difference. It that's is literally double. Yeah. So I don't know. For me, that one is like really an issue for me because they don't get fast enough. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Um, another one, this one's minor, and I don't even know what the purpose is, is basically in the NCAA, players have 10 seconds to advance the ball over half court. So once the other team makes a basket, they get the ball, they're coming up court, they have 10 seconds to get across the half court line, whereas in the NBA, they have eight seconds. It's two why? seconds. Like, why does it need to be different? Just, Just make, make it, it the same. It's yeah. not even like anyone spends time in their own quarter or their no. own half anyway. No. The ball always advances before that. Yeah. Just fucking move. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So I think that's I, one. my guess, if I'm going to pull out of knowledge that I may not have a deep understanding of, I think it's because NCAA plays the like full court press defense more often, which is basically wow. like all of, rather than waiting in the NBA, what will happen a lot is like the other team will score a basket. If you're watching the raps, Kyle Lowry will take the ball up the court and no one's really going after him. Mm. Everyone's already on the other side of the court waiting for you to get up there. In the NCAA, the full court press is like all of the defensive players are literally like at your basket waiting for you to inbound the ball so they can go after you. Like it's defense from start to finish. So I guess adding those whopping two seconds helps yeah. them, gives them a bit more time to get up the court with more defense apparently this is the only thing i can come up with yeah. otherwise the rule is fucking stupid yeah. So. <laughs> yeah we're gonna go with that um the other thing is that in the ncaa they have a their three-point line is closer by four inches so stupid yeah also why stupid. are you setting them up for failure they're getting used to shooting the ball closer to the basket yeah See, I think, like, yeah, the more I, we talk about this, the more I feel like this makes sense if all of these rule differences are this are the, this way in high school, right? Because you're, like, you don't have as, like, you're not as good at the sport. You can't throw three-pointers three as good. So, okay. like, put you in a little closer. You don't have as much, like, you're not as quick Speed, to move the yeah. ball around, right? Like, all of that makes yeah. sense. But then, it yeah, it just, why this wouldn't change when you switch to college is I don't get it. There's got to be a reason, but I don't know it. Nope. No. Um... Okay, another difference is now we're going to get into fouls. Actually, no, let's switch to possessions. This is a little easier. So basically, like, at the start of the game, obviously we've talked before that there's, like, a tip-off. So they throw the ball up, they jump, and, like, try to get the ball to their side of the court. Um, what happens is in, like, the middle of play, if there's a dispute on who has possession of the ball, so, like, two players are holding the ball and, like, yanking on it. <laughs> like two children. Yes, basically. Um, the refs will blow the whistle. And then in NBA, there will be another jump ball. So they'll, again, throw the ball up, jump for it. Whereas in NCAA, they just do a possession arrow. So basically, whoever wins the jump ball at the very start of the game, the other team gets the possession arrow to start with. So if there's ever a dispute, that team just automatically gets the ball, and then the possession arrow flips the other way. If there's another dispute, then that team gets the ball right away. So there's just no jump balls in the middle. When you watch... Um actual games like when NCAA is on you'll see it at the bottom like when they have the two teams and the scores you'll actually see like a little arrow underneath that team and that's how you know who which team has the possession arrow right I guess this is I don't know the only thing I can theorize with this is that it helps prevent injuries from people like jumping up and doing stupid things and like whatever but I mean even still like why do we have a possession arrow I don't know who made again, this again high school makes sense totally like I get it you're young like, and you're gangly and you don't yeah. really know where your limbs are going like yeah. it, there's a recipe for disaster there but like it's not realistic in NBA like it's a jump ball and you got somebody who's like 6'10 who's about to jump do a jump ball against you you should probably get your vert up right. i.e. start in college yeah so yeah um, okay, so getting into fouls, this is a little bit more confusing. Well, not that It's much. just more technical. It, yeah, it's a little more technical. So in the NBA, uh, a player, an individual player can get six personal fouls before they foul out of the game. In the NCAA, they can only have five. So once they hit five personal fouls, yeah. they're out of the game. So that's that. 
um, with team fouls. So basically the way it works in the NBA is after they've had five team fouls in one quarter, every other foul that they get, whether it's a shooting foul or not, the other team gets two free throws automatically. In the NCAA, because they have halves, not quarters, it's after this on the seventh team foul of the half, the player who gets fouled gets a one and one foul, which means that they get one free throw. If they make it, they get a second free throw. If they don't make it, then it's just a free ball and whoever Sorry. gets it gets it. Yep. Um, once they get to a, a tenth team foul in the half, then they go into the other team goes into double bonus, which means that any team foul that happens for the remainder of that half is two free throws. This is so convoluted. So Why? convoluted. Why? It's so much cleaner in NBA. You right. count the team fouls, makes sense. Yeah. You rack up enough team fouls, everyone's shooting. Yeah. Very easy to understand. Yeah. Anyone, like, all you need to do is literally watch NBA, like, once or twice and be like, I get it. Yeah. Or have someone explain to you. NCAA, super confusing. Right. First of all, it's like, you need double-digit fouls in a half, which is like, I, who counts that many? Like, this is, oh, God, it's all, like, it just... It's so confusing. Yeah, I agree. And we talked before about how I think our very first 10 things we hate about sports was how the last, <laughs> let's say, 30 seconds of a basketball game yep. can just drag forever. And so at the end of a basketball game, teams will often intentionally foul because the clock will stop and yep. they'll go to the free throw line. So in NCAA basketball, if the other, like if, if you are, if you have less than 10 team fouls, and well even especially less than seven but if you're somewhere between seven and ten and the other team has the one and one foul that means that you're like if you do an intentional foul you're banking on them doing their one free throw missing it and then it's like there's yeah. not as much risk there yeah if they're already in the double bonus they automatically get the two free throws so doing the intentional foul is like a little bit of a riskier play right but I they guess. still do it anyways it doesn't matter yeah i don't i don't know that it really matters much because it seems like there's a million fouls in the last it's really, like, it's seconds. bad in the NBA, but holy shit, is it bad in NCAA? Because, like, 10 fouls is a lot to rack up, I guess, you know? And, I mean, five per quarter in, like, the NBA is, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's such a short time span, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, if you have a relatively clean quarter, or, in theory, first part of your second half or first half, you can potentially not have a ton of fouls going into the like last five minutes of the game. So you're just fouling everybody because yeah. you don't give a shit. Yeah. So like the game slows down so bad, it kills the momentum of it. Yeah. It kills the momentum in NBA, let alone doing it in NCAA. Yeah. It's all very totally. weird. And this sort of has turned into a 10 things I hate about sports. Yeah. Inadvertently. It's been like, like predicted. a mixture. Yeah, it's been like we're giving you some knowledge on NCAA basketball, but we're also telling you what we hate about it at the same time. We basically are putting that out because March Madness is going to dominate the the airwaves come two weeks from now. Yes. So it, at least if you kind of have an idea of what's going on, even if you just like watch it for the basketball and not all the details, at least if something gets called and you're like, WTF is happening, like, there you go. Yeah. This is your breakdown. Yeah, basically. This is everything you need to know. Yes. So next Sunday, the 17th, they will announce the 68 teams. Is it 68 teams? 64, 64 teams? 64, 68, 68? 68 teams who will um, be in the tournament. The big dance. The, the what? The big dance. That's what they call it. <laughs> I've never heard that before. It's, I hate America. Um, <laughs> they legit call it the big dance. Wow. Yeah. Um, so as I think we sort of previewed last week is that obviously a lot of people will do, um, oh, there's balloons floating by your window that 
say oh the my god those are 40 balloons <laughs> that's random Someone didn't get to do a boomerang. No, they didn't. Sorry, Meg didn't really describe that well. Um, we're looking out my window, and there's just a number 40 balloons, like, just floating along. Yeah, just floating by. Into the atmosphere. Yeah. Gold 40s. See you later. Um, anyways. God, that's probably, like, a metaphor for their lives now that they're 40. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> so easily distracted. Anyways. Um... So yeah, we talked about that. So a lot of people will do brackets. So I mean, it's if you do it through an app or online, it's pretty easy. Like yeah. it tells you what all the matchups are. You just choose who you think's gonna win. Like, yep, you guessed right. You literally just guess. Um, you <laughs> you take your best guess, and then it'll like based on who you pick is gonna win, it will tell you who will then be matched up, and then you choose again and kind of work your way in. So we're actually gonna do a cleats and cocktails bracket we are this is gonna be super fun we hope people will join um we will put out a public literally cleats and cocktails bracket on yahoo so if you have ever done fantasy football if you've ever done previous march madness brackets um you can join this otherwise we'll put the link up i think we can share the link via instagram tbd i need to do a little work on that yeah Um, because by next monday's episode um we will have um we'll have them set up yeah we'll have it set up so we'll be able like when we post our episode next monday and we post our instagram post we should be able to put the link in there yeah so and otherwise you're welcome to dm us for it or we can email it to you if that's something you want you'll likely have to set up a yahoo account but it's literally like make an email you can download the app the good news is making march madness brackets we're going to do a whole breakdown next week of how to do it aka guess right um but we'll give you a little preview of like who's expected to do well who isn't so it can make it a little easier um and then you just choose it literally it's it's grueling at the beginning because there's so many matchups but you can literally just like pick in like meg said it works you all the way down to the finals you choose the winner of the finals you choose a final score and it's sort of for bragging rights basically yeah it's definitely for bragging rights and we're hoping to like get quite a few people in so the more people we get in the more bragging rights you have and we'll obviously give you a shout out on the pod whoever wins and on our insta and on our twitter we'll give you all the love if you want that (laughs) if you don't let us know totally fine too um (laughs) but yeah so we'll put that together and more to come on that uh Next next week yeah totally um, okay, so moving into Top of the Pops, reality TV edition. I'm actually super excited for this. It's been a very sports-heavy podcast these last few weeks, and I am so ready to inject some Bachelor drama. Yes. Um, so what I thought I would do to start with is I looked back at our list of um, Bachelor contestants who we kind of broke down. This was in December. Holy shit, seriously? Yeah, mid-December. Our last wow. podcast of 2017. 2018, 2017, wow, <laughs> 2018, our last podcast, we did a Bachelor Breakdown. So I pulled the girls that we like that we talked about then just to like see where they at now or how did they do over the course of the season. So one of them was Demi and Whoa, I didn't she, like her. Did. No, she was not my favorite then. I remember not liking her. Yeah, she's, she's an interesting character. She is very spunky. She is very, like, down with her sexuality. Okay. Um, cool. And, like, was always, like, making jokes about Colton being a virgin and, like, oh. how she was going to take that and all this stuff. Like, she was very open about it. But I actually like her. She grew on me. She was very sweet by the end. She actually, like, really, truly developed feelings for Colton. So there were periods of time where she was kind of like maybe the one of the villains mm. a lot of girls maybe didn't like her that much she also was like there's two older girls who were there um 
can't remember their names offhand. Elise is one. I can't remember the other. But she like kept calling them cougars and like oh my god. And cougars on the Bachelor being twenty nine. Yeah, literally. Well, maybe thirty, but she's twenty three. So oh no. Yeah, they're most of the cast was twenty three. I know it's so so bad. Anyways, she did grow on me, but basically the way she went home, which was a couple of weeks ago now, she um, went over one night after Colton got home from a group date that she wasn't on or a one-on-one date, I'm not sure, and he was back in, like, his room. And so she basically, like, snuck away from everybody, like, went to his room and was like, Colton's not going to be a virgin after I'm done with him. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, that like, was the one! I saw that preview! And, like, went over there and basically, like, he was like, oh, what are you doing here? And she was like, hey, I just wanted to come see you. And, like, telling him how she's, like, really, like liking him a lot and like falling in love with him and all of these things. And then he was basically just like, yeah, I'm not there with you. And I don't know that I'm going to get there. So, and so she went home. Bye. <laughs> so that was that. Oh um, yeah. That's usually uh, when that happens, you just like see them come and like take her stuff from the other, like mm-hmm. from her room. And then like, it's over. But in this situation, she actually got to like go back and like tell the girls that she was leaving and like say goodbye to them and whatever. And it was all traumatic. Oh. Yeah. I kind of like it better when the producers go in and take her stuff. Cause then it's like, Oh shit. Well, so they do that when it's like a two on one date yeah, and people fair. know, but like she just snuck away. Like her stuff probably wouldn't have been packed. Yeah, that's fair. Do you know what I mean? So anyways, so that's Demi. So she's gone. Um, then we had Caitlin, 25 year old realtor from Toronto. Yeah. Obviously we were super into her yeah. because she's from Toronto. And she's um, stable. Yeah. She didn't do well at all. She uh, went home like maybe week two and apparently now she's dating Chad from a previous no, bachelor. No, yeah. no, the Chad? The Chad. No, yeah. no, Megan. Yeah. No, Caitlin. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Chad's from Toronto. So I get kind of makes sense, but like no, Caitlin. Yeah, Caitlin. I had such high hopes for you. Didn't I say though she was gonna go home early because she was emotionally stable? Yeah, they always do. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So that was her. There okay. wasn't a whole lot to report on her other than that I. And I mean, this is I'm this, apparently allegedly dating Chad. I've just I haven't. I don't like him. Confirmed or denied. He kind of looks like a serial killer. Yeah. Well, he kind of acts like one too. Yeah, that's fair. So. Um, <laughs> if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, I think it's a duck. <laughs> um, so then we have Alex D, the girl whose career was a sloth, who you were obviously super like you connected related. with. Yeah, you yes. related to her mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I don't even remember her. She could have went home night one for all I know. Like I have no oh, so memory of her at all. Irrelevant. Yeah, completely irrelevant. Wait, was Demi? Sorry to go backwards. Was Demi the social content creator? No, that's Hannah G. She's coming up. Oh, she's still here. Yep. Okay. Yep. Keep going. Um. So then we have Tasha and we have Hannah G. Both of whom are still left. I will say, but like, don't really stand much of a chance of anything happening after last week's episode. Okay, so, so I totally watched this. Yes. I haven't watched basically the whole season because I don't really like Colton. But I was like, no, we're at the point where things start to get good. Basically, past hometowns is when you can totally get me into it. Um, I watched the Fantasy Suite episode. It was a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Um, really like Tasha though. She's mm-hmm. lovely. She has a job. Yep. And she is eloquent. And yep. she's, she's, he she's, actually seems like a passable human being when he's with her. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, he, she seems like she brings out redeemable qualities in him. Yeah, I will tell you, he has grown on me over the course of the season. Like, I was with you at the start, like, ugh, not into this at all. Like, reluctantly watched it, because yeah. I just watch it every year. Of so, course. like, I'm just going to do it. But he has definitely grown on me. Okay. 
Yeah, he's gotten a lot better. Um, and also, like, I've heard him on podcasts and stuff, and, like, I saw him in Ellen, and, like, so just in, like, other contexts, I feel like he seems, he's like, He's on Redemption more, Run? Yeah, exactly. But I really liked Tasha. She's probably, too. like, my favorite. She's been my favorite for the past few weeks now. And she's I really super like pretty. Her. Yeah, she's really pretty. She's really awesome. They've done some cool things together. They went bungee jumping together. Yeah. During her hometown, she took him skydiving. He was literally oh shitting his pants in the plane, and, and but he just jumped, because, like... But he talked about that. He said that, like, he feels like he does a lot of really interesting things with her. Right. Like, and they like need. trust each other a lot and like Aww. you know yeah it's so nice but I so obviously listening to Caitlin Bristow's podcast because she's my girl of course um, and so her and Jason have been doing some like breakdowns of the most recent episodes and they have a debate between them where Caitlin really likes Tasha and thinks that like they have a really good relationship and Jason feels like it's more friend zone relationship uh, so the thing is the way that I see it like see it oh my god that's not a word saw it was that like it looked like Tasha was the right answer, which means he's not going to pick her. Right. You know? Well, although, so if you, obviously you watched last week's episode, yeah. you'll see that they had like a super good day together. It was yeah. lots of fun. But then like the next day, she seemed like she didn't quite get out of the night before what she wanted. But that also seems like, I guess we're going to spoiler alert some of this because now we're in like the week after. But like, it seemed like he didn't want that. Like he was just like, mom, I'm good. Like right. I'm thinking about other chick. What's her name? Cassie. Cassie. Yeah. Whereas Tasha was like, let's do this. Yeah. So I think like he obviously wasn't as into her. So like maybe, so maybe Jason was right in his thoughts that like kind of friend zone Like she, they had like a good relationship, but like maybe not like all the chemistry. Anyways, so Tasha's still there. But once we finish this recap, you will realize that she does not stand much of a chance at no, this point. No, she doesn't. Um, then we have Hannah G, 23-year-old content creator from Birmingham, Alabama. I can't believe this bitch is still standing. Yeah. Um, you know what I realized? So I used to follow this company called Red Dress Boutique on Instagram. They were uh, like a Shark Tank company from ages ago. Oh, cool. And it's like a clothing company. They have an Instagram page. And she's one of their models. And they only have a handful of models. And so I, all this time I'm thinking, she looks so familiar. And then somebody posted somewhere a picture of her from their company. And I went back and she's in like every photo. And oh. I used to follow them on Instagram. So I would have seen her a hundred times. So you've totally. been fueling Hannah G's career. Totally. On my without realizing without it. Me. Yeah, totally. Um, so also she is still there. Um, technically. So <laughs> technically last week being home, uh, being sorry, fantasy suite date. So Tasha's was first. Then we went into Cassie's, which is basically where the episode ended. So Hannah's hasn't even happened yet. And I don't know if it will. She may get the short end of the stick on this. TBD. Yeah. We'll find out tonight. Um, but one weird thing about Hannah is that she is from Birmingham, Alabama. So mm -hmm. it's very like, you know, down south, like... Southern Belle. Yes, exactly. So in her hometown date, like, during the day before they actually went home to, like, meet right. the family, um, she took him to an etiquette class and what? made him, like, learn, like, how to properly greet people and how to properly, like, sit at a dining table and, like, what cutlery to use. And, like, when you take bread, you're supposed to, like... So Colton goes to like butter his bread and the like etiquette teacher lady is like, no, no, sweetie. Like you have to like tear the piece of bread off that you want to eat and butter that piece and then eat it. And he was like, are you fucking kidding me? What the like, fuck? In his like diary, like one-on-one, -on -one, he was like, is it like, is this lady joking? Like who has time to rip each piece of their bread apart and like butter it and eat it? Like, I'm sorry. How is that more like etiquette appropriate than just buttering butter. the whole slice of bread? Right. Is it so that you don't have to like tear bread apart in your mouth? Maybe. That would make sense. But that's like, yeah, I, I don't want to spend that many calories to eat bread. No. And also like, I don't know if somebody took me to an etiquette yeah, class, I would immediately just be like, no, thank you. You're right. That's the real bigger issue here. I'm very fixated on the bread here, but like, right. you know, the bigger issue is that she took him to a fucking etiquette class. Right. Like that implies to me, like he's not 
classy in any way. Right. Like, I would be offended. I'd be offended. Oh, well, I, for one, I would think that you were very hoity-toity by thinking that I need to have that good of etiquette. Yeah. And by two, I would be offended that you thought that my etiquette was that bad that I needed to go to an etiquette class. Either I, way, I would be like, bye-bye. See you later. But anyways, she's still here. Uh, um, when he was on the Ellen show, Ellen, like, showed him pictures of the girls. And he had to say, like, one word that, like, he thought of. And when he saw Hannah's picture, he, his, the word he said was home. And he always has told Hannah this whole season that, like, she reminds him of home. So I always thought he was going to pick her. Mm, but. But. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, like I said, have not watched this whole season. Caught up last night or with last week's date. Um, so Cassie basically absorbed three quarters of the whole episode. Yep. Because she decides that she is not fully sure if she can ever, quote unquote, get there with Colton. Yes. The words, I'm so confused, came out of her mouth approximately 90 times. Yes. If we had played a drinking game, I would have been dead yes. for the amount of time she said it. Um, so, but it makes it, it makes it so clear that, like, she was just going to win. Like, that right. was it. This The rest of them might as well have just gone home. Like, yes. why waste your time? Yeah. Cassie was going to win. Yep. And, like, they, this never happens. Like, when there's three people left, they typically never for one never say I love you directly like they say I'm falling for you and like the girls might say I love you but like guys like typically try to hold back and then also they never like fully give away who it's gonna be like you're always left like wondering right but for her she came to Colton to basically be like I don't think that I can stay here. Like, I don't think I'm going to get there. And so in an attempt to, like, change her mind, he basically just laid it all out and was like, you're the one. I'm in love with you. Like, I'm going to choose you, yeah, you're, Yeah, like, you're my person. And she was still like, yeah, no. And I mean, respect to her because, like, holy shit. I mean, if anything, I feel like that potentially drove her away further because it's like, if you're already unsure and he's like, I, like, I feel like if you approached it with more of a, like, I want to get there with you, we can take it slow. Like, we can wait. You don't have to, like, worry about that. But he was just like, I want to marry you. I'm going to have all your babies. And like, we're all just going to, like, live happily ever after. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. Got to go. Well, I think what happened is that she never wanted any of this. She went yeah. on the show for fun. The same reason they all do. All and thought, them. like, you know, maybe something will come of it. But then I don't think she ever hoped anything would come of it. And then all of a sudden she was like, fuck. I'm like, there's three people Final left. Three. And, like, he could actually pick me. Like, I don't want him to pick me. Like, I don't want this to happen. I totally agree. And I feel like there's probably, like, she probably had, like, like a, I like this guy. Like, this is cool. And in, yeah. like, real life, it would be like, let's go on some dates and see where this goes totally. over the next six months. Right. But, like, in the shortened six-week time frame of The Bachelor, like, she was probably freaking the fuck out. Yep. And rightly so. Yeah. I would be, too. Yeah. So now I... Like, basically, that episode ended with him, like, jumping the fence, which has been the preview of the entire year, so Worth finally it. it happened. I love it, that he disappeared into the wilderness. Yeah, me too. Apparently, like, according to Caitlin and Jason, again, who are, like, friend, Jason's friends with him, he, like, actually got lost. Like, he, like, ran and then, like, was suddenly like, oh, fuck, I actually don't know where I am. Cool. So, <laughs> In Portugal. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, it's funny. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, at this point, I don't think he can pick anybody. So, Cassie fully went home. Colton rips his mic off, runs away. He still has to do his fantasy suite date with Hannah. Hannah. So I don't know if he's even going to. My guess, like my prediction, is that he's going to just pick none of them. He's going to say, I'm done with the show. And then after the show is finished airing, he will connect with Cassie and they will obviously get this on camera. Um, and they'll start dating or something casual. Yeah, I could totally see that That's happening. That's my guess. But somehow they're dragging the finale out to two nights. So yeah, like, which means that he's picking someone. You think? 
Why would they drag it out for two nights and for him not to pick anybody? I know. And also there's Did like they, a ring box at some point. Like there was a preview somewhere where he had a ring box that was like empty. But then like when Caitlin asked him about that on her podcast, he was like, well, ring boxes are meant to be empty because like rings are meant to be on fingers, not in ring boxes. Oh, so I'm like, huh. Because that'll probably feel amazing for whoever gets chosen. Well, when yeah. When you watch the season and you're like, holy shit, he's been in love with someone else for this whole time. But did you ever watch Desiree's season? Yeah, of course I did. Because the same thing happened. Yeah. She basically told Brooks. Brooks, like, you're the one. And he was like, sorry, no, I'm leaving. And then now she's with, what's his face? Chris. Chris, yeah. And they're still married. They have two kids. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. That was probably tough for him. But, like, they obviously got over it. I don't know. The whole situation's fucked up as it is, so... But even, like, let's say she picks Hannah, because I don't think, she, I, let, sorry, let's say he picks Hannah. I don't think he picks Tasha regardless. I think she's out of the picture. <laughs> she doesn't stand a chance. No. But let's say he picks Hannah, even for, like, Hannah's family to watch this and see him, like, profess his love to another girl and be like, you're the one. She rejects him, and then he goes and picks your daughter. Hey, like, number two. Yeah. Second option, so like, I'm not alone in life. Yeah, I wouldn't be very into yeah, that. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, we'll see what happens tonight and tomorrow night, Monday, Tuesday night. So, I still need to watch the women tell all. So, more to come on that. Oh yeah, the women tell all was something. Just, I'm assuming a lot of shrieking banshee voices. Yes, over each other. You couldn't understand what anyone was saying. Chris Harrison kept being like, "Ladies, ladies, (laughs) nothing." They're just like. over each other like so. I feel like that's what they've all devolved into though like yeah. it's never just like civilized conversation no. it's always like you didn't include me in the group yeah you, you're such a bully <laughs> yeah it's extreme nothing that makes sense it's such a weird reality yeah um on a second side note for reality tv we are also big very big big brother fans um big brother canada actually just started meg and i are actually going to a live taping for an eviction in april so we're super excited so if this is something you want us to touch on let us know if you're watching i usually do a cast breakdown i didn't this year no you didn't I'm saving it for Big Brother US for the yeah, I mean, show. You say that we're huge Big Brother fans. I say I'm a huge Big Brother US fan. I'd no. say I'm like a moderate Big Brother Canada fan. Last year I didn't watch it. Yeah. Because I was just kind of like over it and like. It's a lot of Big Brother. And I've been, I watch Celebrity Big Brother now too. So mm. then it just like, it's a lot of Big Brother. So I just decided last year not to watch it. But since we got tickets this year, I feel like I have to at least totally. know what's going on when we go. So I've been watching it. Um, and in typical fashion, the production's like very heavily involved so far. Um, it's also a much lower budget than the U.S. one, obviously. so everything like, is just like, is. a little sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So more to come on Baby Can, but we'll definitely we'll probably live story like our whole time at the live taping because I've yeah. never been and I'm no. super pumped. Yeah, it'll be awesome. But yeah, so yeah. If anybody does want us to talk about it more on the pod, we are happy to because we're going to be watching it anyways. Yep. Um, just don't know whether people are into that or not. So. Um, also, we've sort of started the launch of our new social media, our logo we launched last week, so we hope everybody liked it. Yeah, we got a makeover. Thank you again to our friend Natalie, who created our logo. If there's anything you guys want to see, if you disagree with our aesthetic, please <laughs> let us know. We are, like, slightly out of the generation of people who know how to do this properly, so yeah. we're just like... Okay, this is fine. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. this is good. But yeah, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. I have been actively tweeting. Also, you don't even know this because you don't use Twitter or no. our Twitter, but I actively cheer for the Leafs on our Twitter. Oh. All the time. Actively, actively tweet, tweet about how great the Leafs oh, are. Oh, that's so disappointing. This is your fucking punishment yeah. for <laughs> not using this Twitter. so disappointing. Um, yeah, also subscribe if you haven't. Subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about us if you like us. Yeah. Hopefully you do. 
And that about concludes it. Sorry, this was a much longer one than last time. It but uh, that's about it. Let Whoa. us know if you enjoyed this one, what you want to see coming up. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Cheers.